Hump Day Quickie's Swingers Confessions is intended for mature audiences only and contains explicit language and sexual situations. This is not intended as any professional advice. Welcome to Hump Day Quickie's Swinger Confessions. Here in the sex apartment, we share our own sex-positive stories and welcome our friends to open up about their experiences in the ethically non-monogamous lifestyle. A game of hide-and-go-seek opens up something new in Duchess. She guides us through her path to becoming an alpha subservient submissive. As she pushes back on her dom, she gains a tally and receives pleasure in the payback. And we're back, but this time actually coming to you from a hotel in Disney. Disney World. Where adults get to be kids again. Come on now. (laughs) What more could you ask for? Today we have Duchess joining us. Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome. Let's start off with a little bit about you. Okay. What is your status? So I am into the lifestyle known as BDSM. Okay. I am what's known as a alpha subservient submissive. What that kind of means, at least from my perspective, is I like a good challenge. And I'm going to challenge you back. I am not Miss, oh my God, you spanked me twice. I submit. I need the mental chess game. I want you to want to earn it. And the harder you push back, the harder I push back. I love the power dynamic that comes with a dom-submissive playmate relationship. And so it very much to me is intriguing to watch it happen with other couples in the lifestyle along with myself. But I'm very confident woman, 35 years old, had two kids. I love my body just the way it is. Very outgoing, very friendly, but I want to test you and I want you to want to earn it because this gauntlet with me, only the strong survive. So (laughs) does not surprise me one bit. (laughs) little bit of a spitfire, but like once it's earned, it's a respect thing. Like it is respected. It's not a, okay, well that was fun. High five. It is a continue line of respect. So it's a lot of fun in my mind. Now let's break down each one of those. Okay. Alpha. So that's where I'm walking into the room. And to me as an alpha, as a female, like I said, I'm not to the point where I'm a dom, but it's just a strut. It is this sex energy of just, I know I'm good looking and I want everyone around me to feel as confident as I feel. Like there should be no pouty, sad feelings, whatever you have, own it. You're gorgeous. You're handsome just the way you are. Show it off. Confidence is key. And it's just whether it comes off as flirty, whether it comes off as super outgoing. I have been called at the club like, oh, I thought you were a dom. And I'm like, no, 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 no. They're just like, well, you're just so, hey, how are you? And not afraid to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because it takes five seconds of courage to tell someone that they look nice and that might make their day. Right. Like if you see something beautiful, you see something handsome, why not go say it? We get to live life once. Why not just walk up to him and be like, you're just a beautiful young lady. Like, damn girl. And that could make her night. And she could have been having a really crappy week. And that one comment just made all of a sudden her puff out her chest and arch her back and be like, you're right. She's right. Damn it. 
let's do this. That's the alpha part. Now the subservient part. Once you get me to submit, I am very much like, I want to bring my Dom gifts. I want to show him that I'm appreciative that he wants to earn it. I want to go get him a drink. It almost becomes a 19... I don't want to say 1950s housewife, but it it does. It looks like I want to pamper. I want to take care of. I get very cuddly and stuff like that. Like it's a very, what do you need kind of feel because you have earned that right for me because you shut down my alpha part. Because during the day as women, most of us are in charge of our own lives. If you have a husband or a spouse, you have to help out with them. If you have children, There's that. If you are an owner, if you are of a business, if you work, we have to be on all the time. The amount of power it takes for your partner to shut that off to me is not only magical, but astronomical. Mm -hmm. That is a huge drain on another human being, especially for someone like me who's so outgoing and so used to being in control all the time. The amount of power it takes, it is something to be held. It's almost, it's, it's like a beast mode. I cannot just play with any Dom who decide he wanted to be a Dom today. You are not going to have the energy and the power required. And it's nothing against them. You can possibly train, learn, get more experience, but I am not a starting out toy. I am a, you have to know what you're doing. You have to be able, because it takes so much energy. Once you get past the alpha and you can shut that part off, I love surprising my doms. I love bringing them gifts, whether it's other play toys, whether it's dressing up for them, whether it's behaving accordingly or whatnot. Like I love absolutely just enthralled because they've done their job and they've served me in holding that power and making me feel that I can just be, they're going to take all my choices away. That is okay. I don't have to think about anything. The freedom in that, it is something to be held personally is what I think. I mean, it is just beautiful. Honestly, that's kind of the whole title. Now, back in the day when I first started, there weren't all these like sub things like you were like pleasure submissive, subservient submissive. Um, you were a slave submissive, whatever you're, you were little, you were all these things. And it's like all these titles now with the new generation. It's like, oh, you can be like this, 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 and this. And it's like all these subtexts. I'm like, oh, so that that's what we're not just submissives anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So it's 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 kind of cool to see the evolution, and then some of it you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I like that part. <laughs> now speaking of evolution, okay, uh, obviously you didn't get into this space and be like, oh well, I'm yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a submissive, yeah. yeah. So my evolutionary story is honestly, it's like kind of like tripping down a road. Like it was an accidental thing. I was 17 years old. I had a boyfriend at the time and he was doing ROTC and was getting ready to uh, enlist in the Marines. And we loved to be outside. Like we loved to go hiking. We loved to go exploring. We did hiking all the time. And I remember the day and he said it as a joke. He's like, hey, how fun would it be? It was like a beautiful spring day. We're out hiking and we're taking a break. And he's like, how fun would it be to play like hide and go seek? in the woods. And it just kind of like sparked in me. Like it wasn't a bad spark. Yeah. Like it just, it, I was like, I can go seek. And he's like, yeah, no, it'd be like, you know, like practice for like ROTC, like me and the guys do this all the time. We got to go find the enemy or whatever. Like how, like, let's see what you got. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, when you challenge me like that, okay. <laughs> Accepted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, sure, bud. Like, you sure you want to do this? You sure you want to? Okay. Okay. And he's like, yeah, I will give you two minute head start. Wherever you want to go, there are no rules. You just got to see if you can outlast a 15-minute timer, and I'm going to come find you. I can go seek. 
Simple enough. We've all played it as kids. You think, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. no big deal, whatever. Turned around, set his timer. I put my water bottle down. I took off into the woods. I am not exactly a runner. I don't really like to run, (laughs) but something in me just triggered. And I probably would have ran until I couldn't do it anymore. Like the legs were burning. And it was like this innate overwhelming feeling like something is coming after me. I have to go. And it wasn't in a bad way. I take off, found this huge oak tree, slid behind it. Like I need to calm my breath down. I need to close my eyes. I need to use my other senses to hear him because he was six foot four. 275 pounds of pure muscle. I'm like, I got to be quiet. Like if he starts hearing me huffing and puffing, like that's going to be a scene. I also got to know where he's at. And so I'm sitting there and I'm trying to calm my breath down and just taking a minute, closing my eyes. And that's when like your other senses, and it was almost be quite honest, it was like a primal urge came over and I'm being hunted by a beast and I have to use my other senses to outwit him. And I hear the branches start snapping. You start feeling things like the electricity in the air. And of course, in this moment, a storm starting to like come up into the area. All right, great. It's going to rain, but you can't get caught. And the urge not to get caught, it was like, that's where I feel like the alpha part kind of came in. Like, I have to prove you wrong. Like, I have to prove I'm better than you. And I remember leaning down real fast. I grabbed a rock to be like, all right, let's do a little distraction. And I chucked it and took off the other way. And all of a sudden, this thunder came up behind me and I heard him like coming after me and my heart's racing everything's sweating, everything in my body's screaming, go faster, you've got it, you've got it. And all of a sudden I just get hit from behind. And like I said, it wasn't bad, it was just tackled. And he rolls us in the brush and this moss and flowers and stuff like that. And he's just on top of me and just very naturally, he just pinned me down by my throat and was like, submit. And it was like something, like my pupils blew, his pupils are blown. And I just said, okay. And he just leaned into my ear and was like, good girl. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I was like, something about this game doesn't feel like hide and seek anymore, but I'm not mad about it. This isn't the hide and seek I I I remember. Right? Like, I remember counting to 10. Like, exactly. And then he got off me. He lifted me up. He's like, are you okay? And there were no, I could not form a single word. I just jumped on him. And he just turned around to a tree or backed me up against it. And my back's getting all, and we just made out. And it was this very intense animalistic. There was not a care in the world. Like my brain had gone quiet after 17 years of nonstop. And it was just awestrucking. And we stopped it. We looked at each other, heavy breathing. And I remember he just looked at me and kissing and smelling down my neck. And he just in my ear went mine and bit down on my collarbone as hard as he could. And your girl was gone. It was hooked. <laughs> it was like, how do I get more of this drug? And, where and that do was we- at 17. Yes. Wow. I was sexually active, but I wasn't having sex yet. I had a couple girlfriends in high school getting pregnant. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to wait till I'm 18 at least. Like, I'm not going to wait till I'm married, but let's be honest. Uh, but I'm at least going to wait till I'm 18. So I make an adult decision. And I do adult mistakes. I'm going to pay the adult consequences. No one else. But in that moment, man, he could have asked for anything, anything. And it was, hmm, yeah. No, thinking about that moment brings back a lot of memories and a lot of great feelings. 
we did that for, I think we, we dated for almost nine and a half, 10 months. And we did that game and it just got more and more intense. It became, I want to pick out what you wear when you take off into the woods. I want you to look a certain way. I want you to fight back. I want more intensity in it. It just evolved. And we had no idea what it was. Like we had no idea until he was out with some friends and they noticed huge scratch marks on his back at ROTC because they were playing some kind of football like shirts and skins. And his buddy's like, what the hell happened to your back, bud? (laughs) He's like, oh, um, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's my girlfriend. And they're like, what is she part Panther? Like what is <laughs> like what happened there, dude? And he's just like, no, we're just, we're, you know, playing this like hide and go seek game. And one of his friends shoulder trucked him. was like, nah, you sound like a Dom and you're into BDSM. And he's like, what? And so he like calls me that night. He goes, do you know what BDSM is? Oh, you mean we're talking about whips and chains and shit? Yeah, no, I know what BDSM is. What, 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 what are we talking about? He's like, no, I think you might be a submissive. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. And I think I'm a primal Dom. What do you mean? He's like, think about the games we do. Think about what we're doing out in the woods. It's just us. Like we don't register anybody and it gets aggressive, babe. Like it gets aggressive. Like you're allowing me to do things that if someone came up to you, they might be like, do you need help? Should we be, should we be concerned? And I just looked at him. And so we started, of course, you know, doing the good old Google search, you know, and I'm just like, no, we're not. Come on. Like, that doesn't even sound like me. I'm outgoing. Like, what do you mean? I'm a submissive. And then you start reading about it. Huh? (laughs) What? That that explains. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. And he's like, you okay with this? And I'm just like, I mean, I feel like it came out very naturally. Like it was not from trauma, not from a bad experience. Like it was so natural. But then we both looked at each other like, we can't tell anybody. (laughs) No one's going to understand. Like what are are we going to do? And that relationship took its course. He became a Marine. And at the time that was when, you know, September 11th, Iraq and everything like that was going on. And I knew in my heart of hearts that when those soldiers go over there, that there's a good chance you're getting bits of them back or you're not getting them back at all. Yeah. And I just remember looking at it. It was was a very heartbreaking conversation because I was just like, hey, I don't think I'm a strong enough woman to, and at 18, like, you don't know, Mm -hmm. like to go off, have you go off, go fight, you're guaranteed to fight. And the possibility of bits of you coming back or none of you coming back, like, I don't know if I'm strong enough for that. And I'm just being honest. And it sucked. It was horrible. It was heartbreaking because we had created almost our own little primal nirvana. And now I'm like, great, I got to go back to vanilla. <laughs> I'm like, how do, you, how do you find another one of these? Is there a website? What do, we, what do we do? And we split up very amicably. Like we were both hurt. He went off. We still talk. We're still really good friends. It's just different now. Going into college, I started kind of just experimenting with different types of doms. It turned into pleasure doms always a favorite um (laughs) just because it blows my mind the way that they use pleasure as not only a great reward but also as a punishment (laughs) yeah like if you've ever been edged like you know what i'm talking about of getting to that point and getting the top of the coaster and then them being like nope (laughs) like excuse me what, what what just happened and then they put you back on the coaster. Yep. And you're like, okay, so we're gonna we're we're gonna go over the coast. Like we're gonna go over the hill this time. Nope. And about like the seventh, eighth, and ninth time that happens, get me 
over the damn coaster. <laughs> I don't know if I'm pissed, if I'm happy, if I want to cry. Like all these emotions start showing up. And you're like, get me over the damn coaster. And at that point, you're like, what What do I need to do to get you over me the coaster? Help me to help you to help us. Please. Please. Being with Pleasure Dom brought out a lot of like the praise kink in me. The good girls, the, you know, being told that you're doing so well and like the connotation. Like I said, to me, some of the doms that I play with and even now, there to me is like a beast behind closed doors and he's just waiting for the right playmate to draw that out. Now, they're not all like that. To me, a lot of people like to say, oh, I'm a dom, da, 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 da. Okay, cool. And they give you a couple spankings and you're like, buddy. <laughs> That Are was, you though? That was cute. That was yeah, you're like, oh, you're not tall enough for this ride. <laughs> or more likely, I'm just I'm I'm not for you. Like that's that's not gonna do anything for me. A couple little snacks on the bud. It's like good game, coach. <laughs> Keep trying there, bud. But yeah, the Doms that I have played with and currently play with, there is somebody else looking at you. And it's just it it invokes something in me. That makes me feel even more feminine, even more sexual, even more intense. But again, it's got to be earned. You don't just get to look at me, wink at me at the club and be like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, "Mm, thanks, but no thanks. And it is a very animalistic, my basis is it primal and is very animalistic. And I feel like any situation, you know who the alphas are in the room. They don't have to say it. They don't have to insert themselves. You know, you know, gentlemen respect them. Women all of a sudden get very fluffy and just very like, you know, they are also the nicest people in the world. They can have a conversation with you. They are very gentlemanlike and stuff like that. But when that other guy checks in, when that beast mode shows up, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. And you also got to want it got to want it because you're allowing them to be in their most basic state and allowing them to also be able to process and play and do all these amazing things while also taking care of you and shutting you down. And it's just, I, again, I'm, I'm not for everybody and that's okay. That is just like, everybody's not for me. That is okay. But when you find that connection, everyone in the room kind of feels it. I feel like when you see a really great dom submissive relationship and a scene starts taking place, everyone kind of stops and's like, whoo, all right. <laughs> like this is, you're getting the most basic human nature and it is absolutely fascinating to me and enthralling all at the same time. It, it to me, like I said, it is, it is a drug. It is a drug. So tell us a little bit about breaking down this alpha. Like, what are we talking about? What has to happen for you to become the submissive? So for me, it's assertiveness and it is a mental mind game. Okay. Of very much of like a a chess match. When I come in and I'm strutting my stuff, you want to play with me. It's one of those of I want a dom to let me know. And it's not just with your words. I want you to yoke me up by my hair and make me look at you and be like, "Mm, no, princess, you're mine. 
Like, I want to feel that ownership. I want you to feel that possessiveness almost. It's not to me in an unhealthy way. There's an unhealthy way to possess and there's a healthy way to possess. I feel like with anything, there's extremes at both ends. Sure. But it is like, feel free to grab me by my neck and make me look at you. If I'm being disrespectful, it's because I'm challenging you. And it's not, again, in a mean or derogatory way. That's not what I'm talking I'm not going up to some guy and be like, hey, you're a jerk. But if I'm just like, someone comes up to me and says, hey, I'd love to play with you or whatnot. I'm like, hmm, okay, prove it. Like there's your opportunity, bro. Yeah. Either put up or shut up because a man's going to take a primal beast mode man who has that behind his eyes and in in his DNA is going to accept that as a challenge and they're not going to back down. They're not going to, like there is no backing down. You challenge a true alpha, tell me who backs down. Right. For me, that's the part you have to shut down. And it also happens with being held responsible when playing with a pleasure or that dabbles in sadism. There are things for me, it's known as a tally. And so there are certain behaviors that each dom in their own mind view as acceptable and view as disrespectful. And you work those rules out. Like you have conversations. It's not just, you know, you wake up one day and, hey, this is the rule. You have whole conversations about it. They let you know, hey, you know, like I very much want you, I feel like your water intake's a little low. Like you only drink one liter a day. Like baby doll, that's not enough. Like you need to be doing two and a half to three, keeping yourself. Well, today I felt like drinking nothing but energy drinks. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) So I feel like, is that brat? Is that somewhat brat? It can get bratty. Yes, it can get very bratty. And so my alpha has like, I feel like there's a, a and alpha, there's there's an A and brat. Like they kind of <laughs> go a little bit of hand in hand. Okay. But as a brat, as far as I know, I never get to the point where like I want to be punished and gets the way I want your attention no matter what. Okay. Okay. Mine can more be just a little, I like to call it like sass or slinging mud. Like, okay, okay I'm I'm feeling a little sassy today. I'm feeling my oats. Prove to me you're still my dom. Here we go. Let's let's here's the chessboard. Let's start playing and I'm gonna initiate it. Okay. And some doms want their subs to initiate it. They want to know that you're still interested and they enjoy that challenge. Not, not like every the dom. putting you back in place. Yes, kind exactly. Of thing. Like, okay. oh, you've been such a good girl for the last couple of days. Like, what's this? I just feel like bucking today. <sighs> Welcome to the rodeo, friend. Yeah. Welcome. And we're going to do the things. And like, okay, I remember this moment from a couple weeks ago when we had this. You really want to do it? Like they, some of them give you a little leash. Yeah. And they go, you sure you want to do this? Like, remember how this ended last time? And there's that moment where you sit there and go, full send, forget it. I'm going. Like, right. yeah, yeah, I do. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to handle this? It's that reigniting a fire all over again and making them say, I'm not going to be your good girl all the time. You have to earn it again and okay. earn it again. Just like you're going to earn my submission. It is a gift. And that's how true Dom see it. it is a gift. It is not something to be taken lightly. You are giving them full power over your body, your mind, and they have to take care of it. That is a very precious gift to trust another human being in your most vulnerable moments to take care of you. Yeah, Being a little bit sassier, feistier, bratty, mm-hmm. even sometimes I do get what's known as a tally and I do need a good amount of pain to sometimes shut down my alpha brain Okay, because I will go in there still strutting my stuff, mouthing off as they say, the tally helps 
it's almost for me a little bit of a fast lane to get that alpha to shut down. You know you disrespected me. You know you've done these things. You are responsible for your actions, young lady. Mm-hmm. I am only the repercussion. So that's St. Andrew's Cross comes in quite <laughs> handy <laughs> for things like that. Okay. And how you take the tally also depends on how your dom accepts it. When they bring out new things, like there's a dragon tongue whip, there's rubber, whatever your dom has in his toolbox, whatever works for you as they're submissive, those are the tools that they use. That bite just makes you understand like you are responsible for this. No one else, my dom didn't say, hey, I want you to be a brat today, babe. Sounds good. High five. I did that. I made those conscious decisions. It is a form of taking responsibility at its rarest form. And a lot of people kind of forget that. Like when they see a girl on a cross and or a submissive on a cross and she's getting her butt, she might have done some things that you don't know about, but that is between her and her dom. Yeah. Nobody else gets to know unless you're privileged enough and you're trusted enough to see that because it can be intense. I've seen something, especially at the club, that I'm just like, whoo, girlfriend. But then I've also been at the receiving end of some of those tallies. And I'm like, people look at my butt and they're like, girlfriend (laughs) and you're just like yeah i was a brat (laughs) and like i said when you see that aspect of it the pain aspect helps me get there quicker and faster but if it's a new thing that i'm about to be disciplined with there's that amazing balance of the dom comes up behind you and says i am so proud of you like thank you for claiming your responsibility thank you for taking your tally And I am so proud of you. And there's all of a sudden like the softer, like he went from being this beast to soft Mm -hmm. and he's taking care of me and he's acknowledging the fact that I stood there and I took my tally and basically rectified all my wrongs and it's over. Water's under the bridge. We don't hold on to these things in BDSM. We don't sit there and say, remember three weeks ago when you took that rubber pallet to my butt? It's over. It is left in that room fresh slate, you get to start all over again to make brand new decisions. Hmm. And it's a crazy concept to think about, like realistically, to be like, oh, I just righted all my wrongs. Let's go have some fun now. Let's use the bratty section Mm -hmm. of this. When we talk about scenes in Mm -hmm. BDSM, are we talking about the scene starting from the point of like a physical interaction or are we starting all the way back at where the brattiness kind of came in? Like where you're showing your all disrespect the- or you're, you know, or you're trying to yes. butt heads or however you want to. So clearly everyone sees the stuff that does happen and a true brat brats no matter what. A brat any time of day, anywhere you're at, doesn't matter. If they're in it, a true that's, brat brats that's all what the time. Doing. Okay. Yes. They want that attention. They want that. But again, that's negotiated between a brat and her dom or a brat and their dom. For me, it happens throughout the week when no one else is around, whether I'm talking to my dom on the phone, whether I'm texting him. It is, it is the Okay, little, so it's just a constant it's ongoing. A, yes, it's a constant okay. ongoing thing for me in, okay. in my and I love that part about it because okay. there are days I just don't feel like listening. Yeah. And I'm just like, hmm. Not today. And I know what's in the bag of tricks. And I'm choosing to still be like, I'm going to do it anyways, even though I know you're going to make good on your word. You're well aware that's going to cost you something. Exactly. 
now, depending on the level, depends on, for me, what I get disciplined with. If I get real disrespectful and real mouthy, we got to break out the heavy artillery because that's not okay. There are lessons that need to be taught and learned. And if they're taught and learned correctly in that tally moment, they transition through the rest of the dynamic. Okay. If I am not using my words correctly and I can't, and I'm sitting here saying, no, I'll do whatever you want. No. My doms want to know, what do you want to do? How do you want the scene? How do you want, you tell me anything. That is not safe, honey. Like we're not doing this. Mm -hmm. And if I'm just being like, no, I don't care. I'm just going to, whatever, whatever, whatever. No, you have to find your voice. You get a voice in this. That's the crazy part that I think sometimes people miss is as a submissive, I have just as much of a voice as my dom does. In fact, actually, I'm I'm happy you said that because when I view it from an outside perspective, I actually think that the submissive has more control than the dom does in a sense where they're almost running the show because they kind of get to say what goes in the allotment of what is good for them. Yes. While it still may seem like crazy for a more vanilla person watching somebody get oh a thousand like, percent. When you, when you're you like whoa that's too much but yeah. but for her maybe that's you know that's within her limits and the dom knows that and the dom is following within those limits so i i almost feel like the submissive has that control they do they really do so on the outside yes you see a submissive on a leash that guy's got all the power there's no way like, right. the, like what does she have but yet the doms when it especially for me when it comes to playing with a primal dom or a pleasure dom or even a sadist dom. I know I am the only submissive who can drop that man to his knees. That is intoxicating. Yeah. That like if he decides to, you know, start, there's a possible altercation and it it has happened with the dom of some guy just was not getting it that I did not want to play with him. I was not his to play with. And my dom had to assert himself and say, you are being so just like, absolutely not. And he got in the guy's face and we were getting ready to like have a fight at a bar. And I had to grab him by the shirt as his submissive and say, we are not doing this. This is not who you are. Back up. And because I'm in submissive and because he cherished me that much, I am the only person who can defuse that situation. So yes, it looks like from the outsider, Dom's got all the power. Mm -hmm. She does whatever he says. Doesn't matter. He could say, you know, jump how he says jump. She says how high, da, da, da. But throughout the scene, especially in private, there's check-ins. There are check-ins throughout the entire scene. We now, I I believe they call it a, a stoplight system. Mm-hmm. There is They're green, red. let's mm-hmm. go. There's um, yellow, that means either change it up or I'm approaching my limit. And there's red, that stop. Mm-hmm. When I realized I was a submissive yeah. and playing with different doms, I actually came up with my own safe words. And the reason being, it was actually a safety thing. If I were to play with a dom at the club and the scene around is becoming too intense for somebody else. Could you imagine what that does to my headspace if someone go, screams out out of nowhere, red? Right. That screws up everybody. That screws up my dom who's in a headspace and he's trying to pay attention to me. That screws up me because someone just screamed red and now I'm not in subspace. And you're basically taking someone at the top of jumping off a cliff and I just went to go jump and to be in subspace and you just ripped me back. Mm-hmm. And now you could potentially, to me, it is very dangerous situation. So my doms always preferred I have my own safe words. So that way, if that were the case, if we were in public, if we were at a club or whatever, if somebody who was getting uncomfortable screamed out something, that meant nothing to him. 
Right. Because it was not my safe words. And that's why, like, I like the red system. It's the same system. It's the same. The stoplight system is the same. I just have my own personal ones that I give to my doms. So that way they understand, like I said, you get uncomfortable and scream out red because you don't like what's happening. Yeah. He doesn't stop because that's not my safe word. That's not my stop word. And there's no confusion. It didn't come from you. Exactly. Right. It came from somebody in the crowd or some. Exactly. And that's the thing that sometimes people I don't think understand is how dangerous because we're all so hyper-focused. Yeah. Like in that moment, my Dom is hyper-focused on me. He is trying to get me into a magical land called subspace. And that is where your body just takes over. Your neurons just take over and the world goes quiet. I don't register anybody in the I don't register anything going on. I don't register other people. It is like you've put me in a soundproof booth and it is just me and my dom and it is absolute heaven. And that is pure, uninhibited trust in another human being to take care of me in my most precarious situation ever. And someone screws that up who has no idea what's happening or what's been talked about or what the parameters are all because they're uncomfortable. Like that's serious. That, That can get intense and serious. But then there's also the fun part of it. Being so primal in the way that it came about, it is a drug that I can't get enough of, but I need someone who just, it's not a, I learned how to be a dom, naturally born presence that some people have and some people don't. And that's okay. That is absolutely okay. It's like someone being super outgoing and someone being a homebody. It's okay. It's okay. It just means that maybe not everyone's always going to get to play together and that's okay. And you can't want to play with somebody just because you know they can take pain. Like that's not okay. To me, it is a beautiful dance that if you really sit back and watch it and really sink into it, you are watching a very intimate dance between two people and it is an absolute privilege. It can get a little intense and it can get a little crazy sometimes. It stinks because I know on the swinger side of things, you have people who just want to have rough sex. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's cool. I love that for you. I absolutely love that for you. You want to get into BDSM, you honestly should watch some of the more intense couples and learn about it and ask questions. Me? You want to come to the club and ask me what it's like? I am an open book. Absolutely. You're thinking about doing this? I will 100% say, hey, vet the dom. Go ask his other submissives. Do your homework. Have a binder of research on each one. Talk around. BDSM night, a great night to kind of see who's doming. You want to potentially be a dom. You should apprentice almost under another dom if you're thinking about doing this because you have the potential to cause real harm to somebody. And that's not what we want to do in BDSM. BDSM is not about having a bad experience. Right. You're supposed to walk away feeling this euphoric feeling. Be at peace. It can go wrong. When you don't know what you're doing, it can go wrong. Just like I feel like in the swinger community, it can go wrong mm-hmm. because someone doesn't have the experience or the knowledge and think, okay, well, I'm just having sex with you. You're having sex with me. Let's do this. Sounds good. High five at the end. Mm-hmm. But things like jealousy show up. Things like inadequacy throw up. People start doubting their self. So you have to work through all of that. And when it gets right, I mean, it's just chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy for me to think that you found this when you were 17. Mm-hmm. I was still figuring out what position I liked in sex versus like, <laughs> right. um, you know, choke me and also say dirty things to me in my ear. Like I hadn't even crossed that precipice in my sexual journey at yeah. 17. So to, for you to have found this and kind of realized this 
is the direction in which you wanted to aim yourself because this is what turned you on and this is what worked for you. I just think that's fantastic. I think that's crazy and fantastic all at the same time. You said multiple times, my doms, my doms, my doms. How many are you currently working with, if you will, or answering to, I guess might be? Um, answering to, um, currently I play with one at the club. I am very much a single kind of girl and it's because the intensity and because of what I need, I am not a merry-go-round when it comes to doms. Like I want one man's attention. That is it. And that is intoxicating because of the fact it's just that it's a healthy possession. It's not an unhealthy it is a healthy, it's knowing that I could be out on the dance floor and dancing with a whole bunch of beautiful women, but I still feel this sense of protection and like predatory stare behind it of that's mine. No one better touch it. I'll let her handle it, but this belongs to me. Like that little minx over there strutting her stuff. If I crook my finger, she's going to come to me. She's not going to do it to anybody else, but she's going to come if I say so. Once I find somebody because of the intensity I need, it is very, very, very unlikely that I go searching elsewhere because I'm comfortable, because that trust has been built. That bridge has been built. Now the Dom lights that bridge on fire. Once that trust is gone for me, it's gone. Like I can't turn around and be like, okay, well, let's try this again. No, it's one of those like, "Mm, champ, you, you messed up. I can't sit here and decide I want to go ahead and play with you which I think is the reason why I play with older doms because they have the experience, they understand. And even back when I was younger in my 20s, it was always someone who was 10 to 15 years older than me because of the experience and they know patience, they know understanding, they know when to press you on those soft limits and say, okay, let's try going a little bit like you're saying yellow, which means we're not stopping. And I know I'm getting towards something, but you might really like this if we get past this, but you're still doing okay. Another big thing with me is the aftercare. Any Dom who says he doesn't do aftercare, you're not a Dom. Anyone who says, oh, I don't need aftercare, what are you doing? That is one of the highlights. Like not only do you get to shut down, but then someone sits there and how adorable is it to see this little five foot seven blonde hair, blue eyes getting cuddled by this beast of a man, but I need that. My aftercare is very much like I want the praise. I want to be told I did a good job. I want to be told that I pleased you and I did what I was supposed to do and that I was a good girl and it's the cuddling and then for everyone to, like I said, sometimes you see it at the club where you get to see aftercare. Most time mine, again, is behind a closed door um, because that's just how I prefer because it's a very, to me, almost intimate moment. And some doms are not comfortable showing that softer side to a group of people because then you get that one jerk that's like, hey, puss, what's going on? We saw you cuddling the cute little blonde. You were stroking her hair like she was a little cat or something. How'd that go? And that's not what it's about. Like you just, bro, come on. Like, don't do that. And people have a tendency because they don't understand. They don't understand what's happening. They have a tendency to just vomit what comes out of their mouth. And you're like, oh, you were such a good person up until that moment. It helps me to re-register and almost it's coming back from subspace. I am in a space that if you talk to any type of sub who's been there, it is a like a magical fairyland. Magical. And to come back from it takes slow patience of touch and whatever you need. Some subs don't want to be touched. 
They want to like come back on their own. Not me. I need someone to almost act as like a tether and to like slowly bring me back. So it's not this dropout mm-hmm. um, because there is such a thing as sub drop and there's dom drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's when they someone exerts that kind of power over somebody and something throws them off or something happens, they can experience dom drop and some doms need to sit there and be cuddled by their submissives. They want to feel like that. And that is the only person they feel comfortable being that cared for and vulnerable with. And someone sees a, you know, six foot four man getting cuddled by this itty bitty little girl or whatnot. They're like, <laughs> Okay, man. Come on, you're a dumb. Like, what happened? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to all that bravado and power? There's no need. There's yeah. no need. You don't understand what is going on and what's happening, and they deserve care as much as we deserve care. And that's got to go both ways. And again, those are all things that are negotiated behind either closed doors or on telephone or in text message conversations are had. Scenes don't just happen because it's Tuesday and it's raining. Yeah. So where do we begin here? Wow. Because it's a lot, <laughs> yeah, right? It is. I still don't grasp this whole scene, to be completely honest. The whole BDSM scene? Yes. Okay. I don't either. I always like to say we flirt with the lines of things where there are kinks that I enjoy and there are things that I like, but I feel we never make that full crossover to actually be in a space where we need to have full discussions and set up a scene and talk about very distinct boundaries and all that. So I agree. But also why I'm completely fascinated by it, because I know very little about the whole BDSM space and what it means to be in it and what all it takes to be a part of it as well. And Duchess is very well aware of that, which is why when she found out that we were going to be in the same city at the same time, she said, bring your stuff. I want to talk to you guys. That's how we ended up talking in Florida for this one. I do want to say that I felt a little of a dichotomy with the, we were in a Disney hotel room decorated with Donald Duck and Disney curtains and everything around us was just happy and wonderful. And here we are talking about BDSM. So it was a a little bit of an interesting vibe. It definitely was. And I could feel that. Yeah. So she starts off talking about how she would classify herself in the BDSM space. Alpha, subservient, submissive. And then she kind of breaks it down and discusses each one of those titles and what it means to her. A part of the alpha, which is her pushing back or her not necessarily just listening to the demands of her dom. What I picture in my head is that brat attitude of Mm -hmm. I'm not going to listen to you because I don't want to. I'm not necessarily placing brat and alpha in the same category. So it's interesting to me when she said that she was an alpha and that by being an alpha, she walks into a space somewhat strutting her stuff, but not as a way to make people feel around her to be lesser, Mm -hmm. but to almost uplift people to say, we are all great to make everyone feel wonderful about themselves and not necessarily as a, I am better than you, which is where my mind goes when I think of Alpha. I think you are the leader, we are the followers, and that is that. So I thought that was a very interesting perspective on Alpha Mm -hmm. from her. But talking about that Alpha, where she does have that brat side, where she is pushing back, she knows she's pushing back in an effort to test and go, hey, are you going to remind me that I'm your sub or are you just going to sit there and take it? Well, and she also says the word earn it. 
you're not just my dom because I say you're my dom. You're going to be my dom because you've proven to me that you can dominate me in that you are earning that respect and I can push back, but only to a certain point because you are going to be my dom. Right. I do understand that there's a certain amount of give and take there, and it's a different type of dynamic than just your standard subservient versus being subservient with that kind of brat side or with that alpha side to it. And that alpha side also comes out in her walking around going, you know what? I am beautiful. Look at me. I'm going to strut my stuff around here and have everyone look at me as opposed to just following behind your dom and saying whatever you need, sir. Correct. Yes. But the fact that she struts around that way while still approaching every woman she sees, and we've seen this from her in the club, where she is, oh my God, you're beautiful. That outfit's amazing. You look at you with that, those boots. Oh my. She just keeps feeding it and feeding it and feeding it to everybody. People are uplifted builds, around her for yes. sure. Yeah, she definitely builds people up around her. I've seen that. And then we get to subservient. Yes. How would you like to have someone around who is just pampering you? When I mean, don't I already? Yeah, I technically, yes, but... <laughs> It wasn't really a challenge there. I was just curious, but now that you bring it up, okay. Outside of you? I mean, I don't know if I need another one. <laughs> one person pampering me is quite enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I think it would be fantastic just to have that person around just, what can I get you? What can I bring you? How can I? Are you trying to say something? Do you want me to be your pamperer? No, I don't think I do. That's oh, the thing. Okay. Oh, you need it from somebody else? I Needs a strong word that's... Oh, I don't know if I feel that strongly about it I need somebody. it on a regular basis, but <laughs> to have it show up from time to time. You wouldn't complain? I think could be mildly, I don't want to say amusing, but enjoyable. How about that? How do you see that playing out? I've actually experienced it from time to time at the office even. Okay. Where someone just, there's these little moments of, oh, can I do this for you? Can I bring you that? And it's like, mm, wow, typically I can go get that myself, but okay, you're offering. Yeah, go ahead. In the world outside of BDSM, that's called a kiss ass. Whatever, but I enjoy it. So that's why I, I think having that around could be enjoyable. What I'm saying is more of a, how would you see that playing out in a lifestyle type situation? Because I could see a female being somewhat clingy to you mm -hmm. during, say, a date or even if we're at the apartment and the female kind of clings to your side, can I get you something to drink? Are you thirsty? Let me give you a blowjob. I was, and I was just thinking like a massage or yeah, just like running the fingers across the back or mm -hmm. that soft sensual touch of, oh, here's a nice warm touch too. But like a constant, like mm -hmm. in my mind, I'm thinking when you say pampering, I kind of just picture not leaving your side in right. a sense, always there and ready to serve. Yeah. As you phrase it that way, I could totally see enjoying this. So yeah. Sounds I, terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> What I find so fascinating in the BDSM world and when we do these interviews, something I hear very frequently from people in the BDSM space, they give up their control to get freedom. And because I've never personally experienced a subspace as they talk about, or even a dom space, I probably can't wrap my head around or even come close to understanding how that works because maybe it's uh, the control freak in myself that doesn't let me approach that to the extent that needs to be to be able to get to that level. But I do find it very interesting that you have somebody who's willing to go to an extreme to get this 
sense of freedom that that's how they have to get there. Mm-hmm. That there's not another way. All the yogas and the meditations and all the things that you can do these days yep. that can supposedly clear your mind and can supposedly get you feeling freer. It just amazes me that this is the route that they take to get there. And I can only imagine it's got to be pretty amazing, whatever they get out of it, because it seems they've taken it to an extreme to get there. So I would hope the freedom is of an extreme as well. But at the same time, are they really giving up that much control if in fact they're setting the guidelines? And I've wondered this also, because if you think about the amount of preparation and the amount of talking and the amount of rule setting and boundary setting and discussion that goes into a BDSM relationship versus any other sexual relationship, these lines have to be very clear. There's mm-hmm. no gray area, right? This is my stopping point. Or with the safe words, you know, you're getting near when you're at yellow, you know, red is stop and there's just nothing else. And to know that you have the control to be able to say, this is the scene I want to play out. This is exactly how I want the scene to play out. This is what I want to happen. And then I also have the control to stop it if it's going beyond my boundaries. And I also have the control to push it even further into my boundaries if I'm not getting enough out of it. Mm -hmm. Is that really giving up your control or is that just taking more control of the situation? Because I think we walk into a sexual interaction with another couple not knowing at all what is going to happen. Right. We say, okay, yeah, no anal today, whatever. You and I and have our it. own set of boundaries. <laughs> right. Our boundaries go well beyond whatever we may share in the room. You and I may already know that we're not comfortable doing certain things. It's not a standard thing, so we don't have to lay everything that we're thinking out on the table. Right. But at the same time, the people that we're with also have their own set of boundaries. They've shared some of that with us, but not everything. Right. So now here are four people with four sets of boundaries and four limitations that they've shared some of, and yet we're still navigating that. I would agree that a lifestyle scene is much less controlled than a BDSM scene. Right. I'm also very naive to believe that even despite setting up the scene, you still don't necessarily know the feelings, the thoughts, everything that's going to happen in your head while all of that happens. I'm unaware of how the dom space and the subspace and all of that work. So I'm sure once you get to that point, it's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, it appears as though you're controlling it more rather than less. But And that's why... The BDSM scene has that many labels and the number of labels just continue to grow because everybody's into that certain little thing, which is why in the lifestyle, we're kind of of the point of fuck labels. We you are who we you don't are. need everybody yeah. to have the specific, here's what I'm doing. I think there's more gray area allowed in a lifestyle label versus a BDSM label. The labels are there for BDSM because you do need to be more specific. You do need to draw a harder line versus when we say we're a hot wife couple, but we also do other things Mm -hmm. or we're a hot wife couple and we also couple swap as well. He doesn't always watch. He sometimes participates or she plays with girls also. There's just so many combinations of dynamics that we just don't even have the vocabulary for Mm -hmm. in the lifestyle. Each one of those labels is too much of a box for most of us. So you can't really use the labels and clearly state exactly what your dynamic is. Mm -hmm. 
without having some sort of conversation or without clarifying. The BDSM labels are there specifically for that reason. I am this, this, and this. Like, how can you have alpha and subservient and submissive all in the same grouping? But now after she broke it down, I'm like, oh, okay, I see how that works. That's her. Yep, yep that, <laughs> that works for her. So those labels are there for very specific reasons. And I can see how those work. Fuck labels for the lifestyle, but keep them for BDSM. Yep. <laughs> She started with a game of hide-and-seek. Yes. And I know you're thinking of our Bex and Boone. Start to finish, the second she brought it up, and just watching her face as she described the train of thought that she had going through this, and picturing myself as the hunter going after somebody. I can totally understand where Bex is coming from, going, I want to do this with four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten couples where we're just all out there hunting someone specific. Prepared to, in her game, here's a list of what that person's okay with and what they're expecting. Now go do it. Right. Having that, okay, I know what I can do and I'm going to go take this now, is fucking hot. The things that we do as teenagers being such building blocks for the sexual people we become as adults. And I find this in a lot of our interviews that people say something that happened in the very beginnings of their sexual development, right? Some first boyfriend, first girlfriend, first threesome happening very early on when they're teenagers, when they're figuring shit out for themselves. Then here they are in the lifestyle. Look at that. I had threesomes as a teenager and now I still enjoy it as an adult. What I find interesting is when I first first started masturbating, it was all clitoral stimulation. I never inserted anything for a very long time. And to this day, one of the main ways that I come is by clitoral stimulation. And I'm like, is that something that the way my body is built or something that I created along the way? Is that something I've just, oh, I know how to get there this way. So that's how I'm going to get there. It's just interesting to me that, you know, there's like a subconscious there. And for me, thinking back on my sexual development, there are three things that I remember vividly from prior to age 21. And that is playing a board game with a group of friends that was sex-based and being so excited watching people have to strip in front of others. The premise was to do sexual things, but everybody pussied out before we actually did anything sexual. (laughs) Another time where a girl came to my house where two of my friends were there, she started giving me a blowjob under the blankets, and then we went in the closet and had very loud sex where she was making it very clear that we were fucking on the other side of the wall from these guys. Okay. And being turned on at the thought of that happening and people hearing it. And then a time where my girlfriend and I were having sex and I had a friend who was sleeping over that same night and I said, hey, give him a blowjob. And that was that first time where we had that interaction with another male. Shared. Okay. And going, wow, that was, wow, that's really fucking hot too. I can see how that built. Where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. And what turns you on and those initial thoughts of sex and experiences with sex. It's just a similarity I continue to draw as we have these conversations with people. It just seems to be something that happens as you grow that you you develop the sense for what you like early on or during those early experiences and that really you build on that. You're like, oh, I really like that. I want more of that. And then you continue to go that direction and just creates the sexual human beings that we become. It's interesting to me. A sexual human being (laughs) that I may actually like to become. Pleasure Dom? Yes, please. (laughs) 
I love the idea, but then when I think about the idea of pleasure being withheld from me, that part bothers me a it's little to bit. It's a point, though, because I'd it be sounds like tally. at the end, <laughs> Go ahead. Just, just the idea of getting to tease and tease and build an edge and just knowing what that edged orgasm brings would be so much fucking fun. I believe that a pleasure dom would have to be better at his job than a dom who instills pain. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I think there's such a fine line when you're talking about edging, there is such a fine line between I am right there and I need to stop right this second versus I'm right there. And if you go just a hair over the line and then it's taken away, now it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Like you can't even get there because now it's like, oh, it was so close. And now it's just not even, it's not even edged. It's just gone. Yep. Do you know what I'm, oh, totally. you know that motion, oh, yeah. that moment? I feel like a pleasure dom would have to be really super fantastic at really reading and understanding his submissive. And being able to truly edge to that point and mm -hmm. then pull back and edge and pull back at the right interval so that it was that big explosive orgasm. I also love the idea of tally system being like, all right, you're getting this many orgasms and you're not letting me stop until I've given you that. Interesting. And just setting over the edge over and over. Oh, fuck. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't think about it in a tally of orgasm mm -hmm. versus a tally of vlogs. I can't come anymore. The fuck you can't. <laughs> yeah. You Don't would make enjoy me that. add another yeah. one. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm. You would do that. I could mm. see that. <laughs> <laughs> I frequently find myself flirting with those boundaries of what is more standard vanilla type sex and what is pushing the boundaries and then what becomes BDSM type things. I have a lot of the kinks that align with BDSM. I like to be told what to do in the bedroom. Now, outside of the bedroom, I'm probably more of a brat when it comes to that. I, no, don't tell me what to do. I enjoy some cuck queen type phrases. That you do. That has been a very exciting new discovery out of you. I also have a bit of a praise kink. I absolutely love hearing good girl. Those two words, I don't know. Maybe some mental fuckery as a child, whatever. But whatever that does to me when, you know, you whisper good girl. That's fantastic. And I definitely have some brat. I've always had some brat in me, but I always feel my brat is uh, is more cutesy and fun. Yeah, it's, cutesy and fun. Okay, that, that's real life brat and not bedroom brat. Okay, there's a difference. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm definitely a brat in real life. At least with you. Such an know. adorable brat. Though. Such an adorable but no, I mean, as far as the bedroom type brat, it's more of a, but you can't. A lot of my flirting is bratty, playing chicken brat. Yeah, I mean, look at how your first lifestyle interaction was. It, it was all, mm, are you really? You really, you, you want, mm, are you? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. And that, and I got off on that because it was a lot of flirting, but bratty flirting. One thing that would be a kind of an ongoing joke between us was he claimed that he was very well endowed man. And I would be like, no, you're not. And then I'd send him like a 
picture of a pencil or something and be like, I think it's more like this. Ha ha ha. And I know it was getting under his skin because I knew he wanted to prove it to me. He never sent me a dick pic. Never. It was never a, I'm going to prove it to you with this dick pic. It was very much a word game between the two of us. It was fun and flirty. And then when it got to the bedroom and I tried to pull a little bit of the brat out, that's when the more dominant side of him came out. And it was more of a, now you're going to see and is it too big for you kind of thing. It hit on every level at that moment. So it was like the brat paid off. Mm -hmm. It never crossed any crazy borders of pain or discomfort and maybe a little discomfort, (laughs) but not to the point where I was myself uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with the situation. I wonder if these are my beginnings of liking this stuff and if I'm going to build more towards BDSM world or if I'm going to kind of stay in this realm of I like a little bit of that, I like a little bit of this, but I'm not going to go pushing my boundaries. The fact that the BDSM world is so diverse, just like the lifestyle world, where you can go in and I'm going to pick this, I'm going to pick this, I'm going to pick this. And that allows you to form what you enjoy sexually, mentally, physically, you name it. Yeah. And I do think that there are parts of that community that definitely get you going. Oh, for sure. Yeah. A lot of my kinks really line up with so many of the different types of BDSM that there are. But I always think I don't want to take it any further than where I already have. I'm Mm -hmm. comfortable where we're at. But at times I see you pushing back on me. And I think that says something more about our relationship. I think if I push those boundaries, I push them with you. I don't typically go outside of our Mm -hmm. relationship and try something else other than ropes and that we got a rope guy. We got a rope guy. But that being said, as you push back, do you want me to be the one that reins you back in and says, "Mm, enough of your fucking pushback? Well, I think when I dabble, I think... I dabble not only for myself, but for you as well. So here's an opportunity for you to try something. Here's an opportunity for you to push back on me and see how much I can take in return. Because I'm not just going to give it and expect you not to return anything. That's where that flirting with the boundaries is happening. I'm flirting with it a little bit. Let's see what happens. I mean, we talked about the whole cuck queening thing before we even went down that path. So Mm -hmm. that was more of a conversation. Some of those things, they deserve a conversation versus just, I'm going to throw this out there and see what happens. A lot of times I think, I need to see what it feels like to get something in return, to see how that plays out. And if it does strike me mentally or physically or any other way to turn me on. So then as you're pushing back, how do you feel about starting a tally? Are we talking about this orgasm tally or are we talking about like a flogging tally? I mean, in all honesty, I think it's kind of up to me how I choose to administer your tally. Well, also, doesn't it matter what type of dom you're trying to be? We're more lifestyle people. I'm not big into labels. (laughs) Well, you can't say it that way. I mean, I- <laughs> your tally could come in the form of orgasms. It could come in number of cocks. It could come in number ah. of my orgasms. I mean, it could be anything. I see what you're doing here. I just, I just <laughs> like the idea of letting you know you owe me something. Yeah. And building that number until I say, okay, time to pay up. Yeah. And then you relinquishing but that control. Is is the time to pay up chosen by you or is the time to pay up chosen by me? I think it's entirely chosen by me. I think I say, okay. 
your tally's gone high enough. Now it's time to pay. So what I'm already picturing, because I know you, and I know that this is probably what you have in mind already, you have a dick tally. You are going to get to a certain number and be like, yep, now it's time to pay up. Which I don't necessarily see. This is where the and I, I hadn't am thought of it this way, and, and <laughs> I, I'm liking where you're going with this. Play it out. I'd like to hear where this goes. So you have a number in mind. So you're waiting for me to do whatever it is that costs me a tally. You're waiting for. I'm throwing a number out there, seven, and you're like, okay, got to our seven tallies. Now it's time for you to pay up. And I'm like, okay, what is my tally? And you're like, seven dicks. And you got to take them all. I don't know if I'm down for that. This is the control portion, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't necessarily have that innate ability in me to completely relinquish control over something like that. And then if you come back to me and say something like, well, then don't get a tally or whatever. Stop being a brat. If you don't (laughs) want all that dick, fucking shut up. And does this does this count in my daily life or is this like in bedroom stuff? Your daily life, you're getting to seven real fucking quick. So, <laughs> I mean, I'd be at seven plus before the end, end of, of the, the day. day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Probably before noon. Everybody thinks I'm so nice and sweet. We should not ruin this. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for a hump day quick. We hope this brought you some midweek excitement. If you have your own confession you'd like to share with us and our audience, please call 844-4HUMPDAY and leave us a message. Can't wait to hear your sexy stories. Hey!